Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Episode number 24 of the podcast. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by Irfan Manji. Irfan, how's Ottawa treating you now? I'm sorry, did you just say Ottawa was melting? That's not right. Yeah, we're melting. The snow's melting away. It's only February. It's not so supposed to melt yeah, until... Been, it's been like four degrees the last three days or something. Well, that's just dumb. <laughs> well, well, the capital might be melting, but uh, the game on the ice is not. So today, we're, we're just going to talk hockey today. we got lots to talk about. We might as well just get it done. Um... But for our opening segment, it is the kickoff, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region, if you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And to start off the kickoff, we're going to go back a day. And I'm glad we didn't record the podcast yesterday because we would have missed this story. David Ayers. That's right, folks. David Ayers, NHL goalie to the stars. And by that, I mean emergency backup goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the uh, Scotiabank Arena. Stepped in after James Reimer and Peter Mrazek went down hurt. Gave up two goals on his first two shots and came out with a win. Why? Because the Leafs forgot how to play hockey. They stopped playing after Ayers went in the net, and it's a joke. Now, I give full credit to Ayers. That guy stepped in wearing a Marley's mask and pants for the first eight minutes he was in the game. Please please point that out. He was wearing a blue helmet and masks with a Carolina Hurricanes jersey and socks. His pads were white and blue because you know whose they were? I'm pretty sure they were Cascasuo's old pads. I think I saw that on Twitter. Please don't quote me on that. You can check that. And yet, he came out with the win against his employer because he's the Zamboni driver for the Marlies in one of the most absurd games I've ever seen. (laughs) Would you like to add anything? I think you summarized it. It was, well, I think as a fan, you're like, for this guy who hey, he, he hasn't played a game and gets to play, gets a chance to play and then um, 
picks up a win against the Leafs, the Leafs that are supposed to be a run and gun team that can score on the fly, can score a quote elite level team. Uh, yeah, and they couldn't muster anything in the slot except for the first two goals or whatever it was, and then after they that, had they ten shots in the last twenty eight minutes of the game. Yep. Ten against the goaltender that has no NHL experience and basically plays pickup with your team. So I think what it showed us great for David Ayers to get this opportunity. His story is fantastic if you get a chance to listen to it. But I think it shows holes on this Leafs team that I think we've all known for a while, but now you're just like everybody saw it and everyone's going to talk about it and they're going to exploit it if these te- if this team makes the playoffs. Oh, 100%. Like, you can't go into a game where you're facing a emergency backup and get 10 shots in the last 28 minutes. There's no way. He gave up two goals on the first two shots he faced. I thought it was the first three. I was corrected on Twitter. I still haven't seen video to prove it. So they're only giving him two shots on the first two goals. But guess what? You scored two goals on a guy who has never played higher than the Allen Cup hockey. For those of you who don't know what the Allen Cup is, it is glorified beer league. That's what it is. It's the national trophy for Canada for beer league hockey players. Guy's never played higher than that. He's been a backup for the Marlies one game in 2015-2016. And to boot, ready for this fun fact that everyone knows, but still. He backed up the Charlotte Checkers, you know, Carolina's AHL team, when they came and played a game in Toronto earlier this year. Lots of ties to Carolina, folks, but didn't play. He didn't get into a game there. His save percentage in the Allen Cup across eight games played was 70, 777. He had an 888 goals against average in eight games in the Allen Cup in 2014-15 with the Norwood Vipers. Shoot the puck. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Shoot the puck. Nick, how do you score a goal? Put the puck on net. Good things happen when you put the puck on net. The Leafs did not, and it cost them. And give full credit to Carolina. They played unbelievable defense in the third period, and they didn't allow a whole lot, but there were so many chances that the Leafs could have just fired the puck on net and hoped for chaos. Hope for chaos. I know he's he's a goalie, and the team in front of him is an NHL team. I understand that. But he's a goalie who has not faced NHL shots. Put the puck on net. See what happens. No, they wanted to be fancy. They want to score the highlight real goals. They were looking for more than a foot of space to shoot. Just put it on net. Put it on net and see what happens. It could take a deflection on the way in. He might not see it because he's looking the wrong way. Get the puck to the net. It's not hard. Good things happen when you put it on net. Right? But the Leafs just did not show up. And it was catastrophic. You saw them falling over themselves. Mitch Marner falling at the blue line on that power play was the epitome of what the Leafs were. Because then the Carolina Hurricanes go the other way on a 2-on-1 and get a chance. If Freddie's not in net playing the way he did, like, he gave up six goals. It could have been 15-3. Like, there was, there was probably six or seven breakaways that Freddie stopped on power plays that the Leafs had. Yeah. 
alone. It's like, come on, boys, give your goalie a chance. But no, we're just gonna we're just gonna play control the puck, and not well either. They're not built that way. This is this is who do you blame at this point? Do you blame the players not wanting to play a defensive style? Do you blame Dubas? Are you blaming Sheldon Keith? Like, there's a lot of fingers being pointed, and I think the Leafs need to do a some sort of I don't know if you want to call it a reset, but they got to look internally and figure this out. Well, I mean, it doesn't help when you have your top defenseman out and Riley. That's obviously it doesn't help the morale of the team. Like, I'm not going to deny that fact. But guess what, boys? Like, you see that a team is down two goalies, you pounce. You don't you don't hold back. Like, I know he's your friend, right? Which is a problem. Yeah. And obviously, the NHL needs to fix that. Because I don't think an employee of an organization should be the emergency backup goalie. In all fairness, I think it should be a college goalie or a university goalie from the area. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, U of T's goalie could have been the emergency backup goalie for this game. Because it was in Toronto. Because he's actually half decent. David Ayers hasn't played a, a competitive hockey game since 2014-15. He's 42. He's had a kidney transplant since then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just steps on the ice as an employee of the Leafs. Let's not forget that. He's was he is an employee of the Leafs. He went to Leafs practice today on Sunday, the day after he beat them. Yeah. That's a that's a flawed system for the NHL and it's going to be brought up in the GM meetings next week oh, and I hope sure. it does and I think it's going to be a definite topic, and I think teams will might have to carry an extra goaltender if they're allowed to do it. Again, I don't know if it's carry an extra goaltender. I think I just think it should be someone who's not affiliated with the association or the organization, yeah. right? Like, that's why college goalies are great, right? Or former college goalies who have never played or, or aren't connected to the team. Should have been that, yeah. Right? Or former OHL guys in Canada or WHL guys or QMJHL guys or... USHL guys, something like that. Guys who aren't affiliated with the clubs. Yeah, and can make it in a span of whatever are always available. Well, no, like the emergency backup has to be in the rink. Yeah. They have to have their stuff in the rink. It's not It's not really an option. Yeah. No. Right? So hopefully, they, I think it will be a discussion at the GM meetings. A lot of the insiders were tweeting that. It has to be. Night. It has to be. But, yeah. Because, like, imagine this game went the other way and the Leafs put 30 shots on him and they scored 10 goals. Yeah. Right? Like, I know that even that is seems ridiculous, you know, but that's like... What were, that's what people were calling for. That's what the everyone was saying, that you have the opportunity of running the score, run yeah. the score, win the game, get the two points. They're very lucky that everyone in the division lost last night. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, imagine they put up 10 goals on this guy, right? Yeah. Teams would be having a field day. Oh, you sent your own employee in the net to let in muffins. Which he wouldn't have. Like, the guy has pride. He's not going to do that. But still, like, that, that's the storyline. And that's what it looked like. The first two shots went in. One of them was not a good shot. Tavares' shot should not have gone in. I don't blame him at all on the Engvall goal. Because that, that was a rebound or a block shot that ended up on Engvall's stick. And Ayers had already gone down to make the initial save. Like... Someone's got to clear that puck, and it ended up right on Engvall, and he had the open net. Like, I don't blame him on that shot. Like, it's not him. The first one, 
Slavin kind of screened him, but he also didn't go down. He was expecting a shot up high, and Tavares just slid it across the ice, right? Like, but that's what it was looking like for there for a second. Like he was just gonna keep letting in goals. And had that happened, like, what are people gonna say around the league? Like, especially Florida. wasn't there it wasn't there and i think even if they'd won the game we would have said their compete level was good carolina brought the game to them and they just didn't have an answer yeah well i give carolina full credit because i know all season they've been a very high press team they perfected it yesterday mm-hmm. they I mean, like they it was unbelievable one of the top uh four checking teams sorry to interrupt you there but they're one of the top four checking teams in the exactly they, that's the reason they made it so far in the playoffs last year guys they're very good at getting in and making you make a mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. But they showed it and they perfected it last night. Like they were, they made probably eight or nine turnovers in that last eight minutes of that second period. It was unbelievable. Like well, I, I knew they were good. I didn't know they were that good. If you saw the Fogel's second goal, I believe. Yeah. If you see the pressure on the, just the, the layer of pressure and forcing the Leafs back. That was exactly. Fantastic. And I think the Leafs got something to learn. No, like, I mean, you look at Carolina, knowing that their goaltender is a little weak, um, they pushed the Leafs on the outside, made them try and play with the puck. They could, The Leafs could have done that to protect Michael Hutchinson throughout the year. I know it's a different problem, but you could play a good defensive game and still forecheck well enough to win a game. Leafs, Leafs don't have a forecheck, though. That's the problem. Leafs are a puck possession team. I, I get that, but I'm just saying that you, you have Freddie, you go, okay, you know what, we'll run and gun this. But you know you have a weaker netminder. That's kind of how you play. You defend your ass out, you know. But that's that's just like going no. The other the other way they could have played and they still didn't is that they needed to possess the puck as opposed to playing run and gun, right? Mm-hmm. The Leafs have the ability to play run and gun or possession because mm-hmm. when they want to, like Matthews does not get knocked off the puck when he wants to. If you see the Pittsburgh game, the last time they played, they were fantastic. Yeah, getting the puck in, playing yeah. it. Yeah, right. But you have guys on this team, like Marner does not give the puck up if he doesn't want to. Matthews does not give the puck up if he doesn't want to. Tavares does not give the puck up if he doesn't want to. When they want to, they can play possession hockey. Mm-hmm. They just didn't in front of Hutchison, and Hutchison is now screwed. Maybe on his way to Carolina now that they have two goalie injuries, but that's a whole other issue. Like that, it is a possibility. I don't think I don't think Carolina takes a shot at him, but like that he is on the market, right? He might be like their fifth option at this point. Yeah. But there's lots if of. If Michael Hutchinson gets the defense and the style of play that Ayers got last night, Hutch can put, put up some wins. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, like, it is so damning to see that Leafs team just absolutely suck. Like, they, they, they did not, they didn't even deserve to be in the rink with Carolina last night. And David Ayers was named the first star of that game at making eight saves on ten shots. Brilliant. Hey, man, he had, he had one shot on goal. Of course he should be the first star of the game. Come on. Like, he set, the guy set a record, too. I, I told you this before the show, but this guy yeah. set a record last night. For those of you who don't know, he now holds the NHL record. It's the first time in NHL history someone over the age of 42 has won their NHL regular season debut as a goalie. The guy who had the record before was Hugh... Oh, I'm going to forget this. I'm going to find it. But he was for a Chicago Blackhawks, and he was 41 years old, and 
X amount of days. I can't remember off the top of my head. David Ayers is 42. Yeah. 42-year-old Zamboni driver from your own organization beat you. Good job, Leafs. Leafs gave up three goals after Ayers came in. And they only scored two. Mm-hmm. That's pathetic. This team is in shambles. Which is sad to say for a team on the on the chance of making the playoffs. This team is a shell of an actual team. They can score goals, but God, they can't win games. When it comes to the when it comes to the playoffs, they're screwed. Well, I was actually because right now their matchup might be against Tampa Bay, so I was kind of comparing the way Tampa Bay plays the way the Leafs play. And Tampa, Tampa will eat them enough, alive. But they have enough weapons to win a game seven to one and play a solid defensive game, right? And you look at the Leafs, and it's like, let's score more goals because we're going to outscore you. But what happens when you play a team that's going to grind you down and you're going to get, what, 10 shots on their backup goalie or not even their backup goalie? Like Their third goalie? They got 16 shots on the backup. On Mrazic, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, James Reimer saved one shot <laughs> before he went out. And then Mrazic, I think, made 15 saves on 16 shots. It was something like that. They're very close to those numbers. But like, come on, guys. Like this this team is a shell and they're gonna they're gonna struggle. And you know what? Uh, I was I've been following them for the last couple of weeks with their poor performances and every performance Sheldon keeps like, We're just not good enough. We're just not good enough. Okay, so how are you gonna fix the issue if you're just not good enough? But here's here's my question. Hmm. Is Keith saying we're not good enough as in the players we have here just aren't good enough? Or is he saying that the performance just isn't good the enough? That's that's good. no, but that's two different things. Like he's saying we're just not good enough. Yeah, we're all assuming good. that he's saying that the performance just wasn't good enough. Yeah, we're all right. assuming that we don't know. We don't know, no, no. You're and he right. could be saying that on purpose, thinking that everyone is thinking the same way that he is, mm-hmm. or thinking that everyone is thinking the same way we are, not him. And he might be hiding the fact that he doesn't think this team is good enough. Well, I mean, Babcock said the same thing, right? Performance-wise, players-wise, right? But so that's what I'm saying. We don't know. I think it's just left on the interpretation. And if you watch the games, it's we're gonna call, we're gonna look, we're gonna focus on the performance aspect yeah. of it for now, because personnel-wise, they screw themselves over with the cap. Yeah. There's nothing we're gonna do to get around it unless they move a big piece. So we'll right get now, into that in like two minutes, yeah. but. Right, so right now we're looking at the way they're playing their game, and it's just not good enough. No, it is not. It is pathetic. <laughs> fortunate with the amount of offensive talent and young talent that is on this team. They are very, very good, but they just haven't played well. And it's, it is a problem in the next two months. <laughs> it will be a problem for the next two months. When it comes to playoff time. If we look at the playoff picture now, if the Leafs are not in a playoff position, they'd fall down to fourth in the wild card. Yeah. Because Carolina, uh, sorry, Florida would take over. Yep. So, you're very, they're, like I said earlier, they're very, very, very lucky that everyone above them and below them lost last night. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's... It'll be an issue again. I'm not. That's that's all I can say. We can't really say anything more than that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That'll do it for our kickoff segment brought to you by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with Canada Kicking Academy. Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. So, we've talked about how poor the Leafs are, but guess what? Tomorrow is, and for tomorrow, we mean February 24th. It's trade deadline, and I'm super excited because I have reading week this week. I can actually watch it (laughs) for nothing because all the trades have happened, but I digress. Uh, Just to run you through what we've already seen, I'm going to try to do this really, really quickly. There's been a lot of minor deals, but we'll go back to how far back do we want to go? Beginning of February there. Beginning of February? Ooh, that's a long time. Okay, ready? So, February 5th was the Jack Campbell-Kyle Clifford trade to the Leafs. Great trade, by the way, I think, for the Leafs. I think that's a big one. Um, Pittsburgh picked up Jason Zucker for Alex Galchenyuk, Kale, Kalen Addison, and a conditional first-round pick from Pittsburgh. Or, er, sorry, to Minnesota, I apologize. The New York Islanders picked up Andy Green from the Devils for David Quenville and a second-round pick. The Devils weren't done there, though. They sent Blake Coleman to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a first-round pick, Vancouver's first-round pick in 2020, and forward Nolan Foote. The Canucks picked up Tyler Toffoli from the Los Angeles Kings for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional fourth-round pick. I believe the condition is whether or not the Canucks make the playoffs or if he resigns. I'd have to check that. Um couple minor league deals. Uh, Dylan DeMello to the Jets for a 2023 round pick from the Senators. And then he played the Sens the next game in Ottawa and got a like a video on the scoreboard even though he was there for what half a season. Uh, Brandon Dillon sent to Washington from the Sharks for a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 conditional third round pick. I believe that becomes a second if he re-signs in Washington. Uh, Marco Scandella to the Blues from Montreal for a second-round pick and a conditional 2021 fourth-round pick. The Leafs picked up Dennis Mulgan from the Panthers for Mason Marchment. Trying to figure out big ones. (laughs) Alec Martinez to the Knights from the Kings for a second-round pick this year and a 2021 second-round pick. Uh, Boston Bruins pick up Andre Kasha. From the Anaheim Ducks for David Backus. Well, 75% of David Backus's contract. Axel Anderson, a prospect, and a 2020 first-round pick. Bruins will retain 25% of Backus's contract. Uh, Cody Eakin to the Jets for a fourth-round pick uh, in 2021. Becomes a third-rounder if the Jets make the playoffs or re-sign Eakin. And all the other ones are minor league deals, so we won't really talk about that. Um... Lots to go on, though, because obviously the Hurricanes now have a goalie need. Um, The Leafs have every need, basically, by the looks of it. Uh, But there's a lot of playoff teams that are just on the outside or fighting for spots that could be movers and shakers in the trade deadline. So why don't we start... Is there any names that jump out to you on trade bait lists or any teams that you think are going to make a big, big splash here, Irfan? 
I think this one's more nostalgic for me because I keep seeing it, but Joe Thornton being linked to the Boston Bruins over the last no. couple weeks. No, it's not allowed. He's it's not allowed to go back. <laughs> but that that's just um, nostalgic aside, I think um, Chris Kreider's name has been thrown around a few times. I'd be, I'd be interested what the package would be for it, considering the price uh, of the first is either picking up remainder of salary or it's just um, trying to trying to get under the cap for certain teams. So, yeah. Well, he's, he's uh, not on a bad contract. It's 4.6. No, he's not bad at all, and I think they'll take the whole thing. But For it's a 24 nice goal scorer this year? Mm-hmm. On a very okay Rangers team that's still figuring out their identity. Yeah. Well, like I, I'll read off the list on TSN's trade bait list. So, make of it what you will. It's one list, but uh, Criders number one, JG Pajot number two, both have 24 goals and 60 games played this year. Both are UFAs at the end of the year. JG is 3.1 mil as opposed to 4.6 for Kreider. But, I mean, you play that off. Carolina's first-round pick is number three. Sammy Vatanen, who is still hurt, and I don't know when he's coming back yet. I'm still trying to find that on the list, but I haven't found it yet. Uh, Tyson Berry is five. Vladislav Nemestikov is six. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk slides in at seven. He's an, he's an interesting one for me. Um, Athanasiu from Detroit, he slides in at eight. You get Eric Gustafsson at nine, and Dustin Bufflin is number ten. Um, if you want to go a little bit further, you get names like Patrick Marlowe, Jasper Foss, Joe Thornton, uh, Eric Halla is on there. Uh, one that sort of snuck onto the board, he's listed at number 20, is Tyson Jost from Colorado. I'm a little surprised by that. I hope they don't trade him as a Colorado guy, but I can see why. Um, a couple of Leafs are a little bit further down. You got Kerfoot and Kapanen at 30-31. They both have term left on their deals. Um, any other names that really jump out at me? Gostas Bear at 41. A little surprised by that, but I think they're ready to move on from him. Matt, Matt Dumba's at 32 there. Yeah, but he's been on trade bait lists for three years. He never He never goes. I also like that on their list at number 26, they have Detroit's cap space. (laughs) (laughs) Just cap space. It's fine. Um, Another interesting one could be Troy Stetcher uh, from Vancouver. Right right side D. I I can't remember if he's a right shot D. Um, He loves Vancouver. Does not want to go. But there's a chance that he gets moved. Um, Goaltenders on this list. You got Robin Leonard sitting at number 18. I think he's the only one actually on their list. Yes, he is the only one on their list. Um, I have a great one from Kyle. I was talking to him yesterday. Give me one second. I got to pull up what he said. Um, he said um, he thinks it's going to be a quiet trade deadline day, which is fair. I, I don't see anything crazy happening, but he thinks a big mover could to look out for is Carey Price. Oh. Um, he thinks, and, and I'm just quoting him here, um, he says, I think Montreal rebuilding could want to move the $11 million contract, which I understand that. That kind of makes sense, right? Um, and he sees that his sneaky option for uh, where it could end up is Colorado as they have the cap space, and they could move a goalie back. Possibly, um, 
either Frank Coos or uh, God, I should know who plays in net for my own team. Uh, Grubauer. Which is an interesting idea. I, I I hadn't thought of that. I don't think Colorado does that, but it, it's an interesting name to throw out there for Montreal in price. Yeah, no, I actually had that conversation last week because I have a couple of I have a buddy who's a huge Habs fan, and he's like, "That's unfortunate." Price, <laughs> he said, "If Price leaves, I see him going to Colorado." Like he said it himself. He said, "What the heck?" Yeah, no. For some reason, they keep think, going back to the Patrick Watt time where Patrick Watt went to the Habs, and they're like. That's the only place we'd be okay with sending our goaltender. So, I can see where Kyle's at, but I mean, I'd be very interested to see the package that comes back if that ever happens. Because yeah, Carey Price is still very elite goaltender. Well, the thing is, like, the the Avs only have six million cap space, mm-hmm. right? So they'd have to move five. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tough ask because like their goaltenders right now are both on. Ready for this? Oh wait, no, one's hurt. I forgot that um, Grubauer's hurt. So he's he's on a three million dollar deal, three point three three. So that gets close because what what's Price's actual deal? Uh, it's ten ten and a half mil. For Is the it ten? Yeah, ten and a half for the cap. Ten and a half to the cap, so the, the Avs still need to three up like four mil, roughly. But four and a half. They could. I mean, you'd have to package a lot of. So young. I mean, well, if you if if Grubauer is part of the deal, right? That's three point three. Okay. Which means you only need another mil and a half, mil mil two mil three. Right, like it's not unthinkable. Like Mark Barbario, he's a mill. Pierre Edward Belmar, Matt Nieto, they're over a mill of two. Like it's not out of the poss. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Then you throw some draft picks in there because they they have like Colorado has a pretty good farm system at the moment. Especially on defense. Oh, I can't wait for like three years from now. <laughs> oh, Connor Timmins, Bowen Byram, Josh Anderson. Yes, please. Can't wait. But um, they, could. they would have to move um, a couple of young players. Yeah. Like Joseph would probably be the guy that is packaged in that deal. Yeah. Um, and then you're probably looking at the next two or three years of very good picks. But does well, Mark bad Bergevin, picks, probably. But does Mark Bergevin do that? Like, at any point in time, does it cross? That's the, the thing. I don't I don't think that happens. That, that's my opinion. When he said that, I, I was like, why? <laughs> and where does he go? Like, I, I just don't unless, get where. Unless Carey Price says to him, to management, hey, I want to go and win because this team isn't going to win. That's tough. That's tough. But you're moving ten and a half mil. Like, are are the Habs gonna eat up twenty five percent of it? No. They're gonna they're gonna try and go for in and out. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, you got a lot going on with that with that move there. Um, some of the names on the list that I could see moving. I actually think uh, Athens U could go. 
He's on a $3 million deal. He's an RFA at the end of this year. He struggled this year in Detroit. Granted, he's only played 46 games because of injury. He's got 10 goals, 24 points, but he's a guy who could actually do something in the league, right? Like, he's not a plug. He's a, he's a speedy young guy that can play in your top nine. Yeah. And he's a great depth piece for a team trying to push their way through. Yeah. yeah. And he had 30 goals last season. Right? Like, it's not like he can't play the game. And he's been on bad Detroit teams his entire existence in the NHL. And he put up 30 goals last year. Like that, he could he he is a piece that I would say keep an eye on. He's a centerman too, which is always helpful. Um, yeah, he can play the winger down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's the market for goalies. I don't know. Well, I think it has to be though. Like I don't I think, think any of them are necessarily big trade pieces, but I feel like a lot of goalies, as you said, are going to move. Yeah, I, I think. Well, on my list, I put down and it's the two Chicago goaltenders and then the two Detroit goaltenders as the ones that might be the easiest to pull away from teams that can pick up a bad contract take an extra draft pick I mean Miller could also be thrown in there too yeah sorry I had him as well so five yeah I, I have Miller going in there I mean Hutch could go to a team who just needs a backup Right, or someone just to spell some guys who are injured right now. Like Colorado could pick up Hutch for a couple games while Grubauer's out. Like some something like that. Like I don't think that happens, but that's like a thing. Um, you have options where it comes to goaltenders across the league. There's some guys who are just sort of floating around, not really doing a whole lot as backups, or sitting in the press box or in the AHL. Yeah, you can definitely dip in somewhere. It's just what's the price going to be because of the commodity. That's just something yeah no for sure and it'll be interesting um i don't think this will be a very crazy trade deadline day unfortunately as much as i would love it to be because i'm actually going to be able to watch the whole thing i just don't see it happening uh but it'll be interesting for sure uh do you think tyson berry moves i don't think so 2.75 mil i don't think so because whether the Leafs want to believe it or not, they need a defender. And if they're looking at... No, but my question is, do they move him for an actual defender? Like a defensive defenseman? That's the difference. Who would be that defensive defenseman? Because at the moment, they're linked to... Fuck if I know. (laughs) And then Troy Stetcher is the one that would come up. And Troy Stetcher is a decently defensive player, but he's good with the puck. I've also seen him linked to New Jersey in a Vatnin-Berry swap. Could be something now. Vatnin is not. I would not say Vatnin is a uh, defensive defenseman, but he is a slight improvement on. Um, it's a good puck mover. Yeah, I would say he's a slight improvement defensively on uh, Barry. Hmm. I'd say I'd rather see the Leafs move Cody Cece than Tyson Barry at any point. Cody Cece is useless. He's also he's not a- on the roster right now. No, he's on the injured first. He's on IR, so it doesn't matter. That means we would have to move him and something else to make room. Yeah. Well, hey, I watched Cody Cece in Ottawa for how many years? He's a pylon. It's fine. The thing is, in the right system, I feel like he could be fine. He just hasn't really played in that system yet. So, Buffalo? They don't have a system. 
<laughs> that, that's the point. Just send them there. That's another name, actually. Hold on. You you, you just joggled something in my head. Ristalinen? Risty. Ristalinen, 5.4. Does he move? He's He seems frustrated. They've been mediocre for so long that yeah. I could see it happening. And he was passed over by Jake McCabe on the on the depth chart. McCabe now has an A. I, no, McCabe's actually no, not a bad player. It's, it's good, but the fact that Ristolainen is dropping, I think he needs to reset his career and move on. Yeah, and he has two years left on his contract at 5.4, 25-year-old. I could see him possibly moving at this deadline, honestly. Yeah, good right-hand shot. Uh, you could probably see Vancouver going in there if they miss out on Barry. Yeah, for sure. Could you imagine a Barry for Ristolainen swap? How confused would Leaf Sands be? I mean, I don't think he'd be as confused as last night, but they'd be like, ah, I expected it. Yeah. Uh, no, there's some good trades. Ugly, uh, ugly, ugly, ugly. But there are some, like, bottom six depth defensemen that a lot of teams can pick up. Oh, yeah. Um, the Predators have three that you could probably try and pry away. The Predators uh, always have defensemen that you can trade for. Exactly. You can, and then give them a young forward because they could use one. What about Ghost Bear? Costa Spare? The Philly guy? Yeah. That's an interesting name in the sense that is Philly ready to move on from a guy who's still very good, just hasn't had a good year? Or the last two years, I should I say? I think they are. He'd be a, He's a left-handed shot. Is he? He plays on the left side. Yeah, so would the Leafs make a move for a guy like Gossespierre to sh- uh, be, I don't know. But, I don't know, that's the question. Like, do you want him to be your shutdown guy? Do you want him to, like, would they? I, I think at this point, Dubas is looking at every possibility, but is Tyson Berry might be your best option because of his cap hit? Yeah. The other one you can throw out there is Josh Manson from Anaheim. Yeah. But, but he's, he's a defensive guy. player. He is, but he's a young player that I don't know if the... He's 28. On, oh, he's not? No, nah, he's 28. Oh, never mind then. That's <laughs> Forget what I'm saying. <laughs> no, but it depends on how much he wants to be in that rebuild, right? Like they also have Michael yeah. Balzada, who um, somebody picked him up last year as a depth piece coming to playoff time, right? So Yeah, he's 75, 750K on his contract yeah. for Delzato. You can still get away with it. Yeah, you can bury it if you have to. It's, it's small enough. Um, an, an interesting name that also popped up, uh, Dustin Brown. Uh, is being thrown around. Um, I don't know Nowhere. who's going to bite him. No I don't one. think anyone's going to bite on his contract, but I think Trevor Lewis might be your best option to pry away from. Yep. The kid there. Big body, knows how to play in the playoffs. Elise, big body, knows how to play in the playoffs. Um, but he would be an asset on any Canadian team that try, is trying to get in. Absolutely. A hundred percent. One more name. I just need to check something. You gotta give me a second. Yeah, no problem. But uh, I'll just toss this out there. Brennan Saad's name's been linked to a couple of trade rumors um, on a, I guess, a declining Chicago team. I think this would be the time to pick up something for him. Uh, yeah. Brent Seabrook uh, basically not being able to play in Duncan Keith's game slowly, slowly going down the tube. Um, you can probably bring up in a Brandon Saad deal. 
Yeah, no, I can see that for sure. Um, the name I was looking at, and I know he's not like a absolute killer, but uh, Ryan Donato on um, Minnesota. Yeah. He's 23. Guy's contract is 1.9 cap hit. And I think he has, hold on, let me just check this. He has another year remaining on his contract. He's got 11 goals this year. For a bottom bottom six player, it's not bad. Like, he could be someone that is a uh, value in this market. Probably. 23 years old. 23. He could do it. At least you just need to go get Anthony D'Angelo from uh, the Rangers. Right shot knee. 13 goals this year, baby. Well, it was also 925K and a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. They could afford him. I mean, it's the same story we had with uh, Brett Pesci last year. Do you take him because he's affordable, but no one ever made a move for him? I could see, I could see D'Angelo moving. That's 45 points this year in 59 games. Plus 15 on a really bad Rangers team. Be an asset. Yeah. Sorry, I'm like looking into his stats. Kid's good. Kid's good. Kid came in as a top prospect too, so. 19th overall pick in the 2014 entry draft to Tampa. And he's been traded twice. He got traded for a second round pick two years after he was drafted and then was traded with Arizona, by Arizona with their first round pick to New York in the anti-Ranta Derek Stepan trade. Yeah. He's an unsung hero. I mean, he's he's in the, under the radar, I should say, and I like him. He, he could be a good pick. Yeah. But it's, it's the Leafs. They're going to try and go big rule. Oh, I just mean in general. I feel like he could move and really help... Uh, a team in the playoff push. The Leafs are going to be... I would not be surprised, even though they need to, I would not be surprised if the Leafs do the most Leaf thing ever and not make a trade. Yeah. After, after losing to their Zamboni driver, not make a trade. We're trading the Zamboni driver to Carolina for a pick. At this point, Carolina might take that. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but they might. Like... Just for shits and giggles, the seventh round pick for David Ayers. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, they are creating uh, a fundraiser for him, which is cool. What the jersey, the t-shirts? The jersey thing, yeah. The jersey, the jersey. What are they called? The jersey shirts or whatever. Something like that. But then also, uh, they're going to create a foundation in his name for kidney transplants or something. Yeah. Well, no, they were they were working with him to figure out which which foundation he wanted to donate part of the proceeds to. So he's getting. What I saw was he they're working on a way to get him the pro get him royalties on his name. Yeah. Which is great. Which is fantastic. And then uh, Tuesday is going to be David Ayers Day in Raleigh. What a, what a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's Carolina. They're the storm surge like i'm not surprised i was totally expecting them to just do a storm surge on the leaf ice so that david Ayers could be a part of a storm surge just for shits and giggles but they just jumped them they won the stanley cup that's what happened oh man did you see britain face yeah everyone when he was going in 
He was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, what have they just done joke. to us? This is not a joke. We need to be in the black. Well, no, because you want to know why? He saw Ayers' yeah. mask. The guy was wearing a Marley's mask because he yeah. was wearing, as I, I again, I'm pretty sure he was wearing Cascasula's old stuff. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a Marley's mask. And at the time when he came in, he was wearing blue pants. And at the intermission, they gave him red pullovers so that he looked like a Carolina goalie, even though his pads were still white and blue and his mask was Marley's. Like... I'm okay with it, but like Brindamore saw that and he's like, "Oh my god, they sent us their own player." We're screwed. No, they weren't. They they were great. And Brindamore said it straight up in the in the post game press conference, which I or not the press conference in the room. I, if you haven't seen it, please watch that video. It's fantastic. It's like forty five seconds. They shower him with water bottles, so they gave him a water bottle shower, and then Brindamore comes in, does his post game speech, and basically says like. We played for you. You played for us. Thank you. You did a great job. We didn't expect it, but you did what we needed you to do. Which is right. Yeah, they didn't lie down and let the Leafs jump on them. They played hockey. They played defensive hockey. My dad compared it to uh, parking the bus in soccer. Yeah. Uh, And you know what? They were great doing it. They did it perfectly. Like, literally, they did it perfectly. Other than two shots. All the other shots were from the outside. He made a fantastic save in the third period going to his right that any other crappy emergency backup is not going to make. No offense. He's not going to make it, no. But this guy has practiced with the Leafs. It's not like he's a complete bum from off the street. But it's just like, come on. Shoot the puck. There you go. All right, buddy. Anything you want to add, trade bait wise? No, I think we're good. I think I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm sure you're gonna update me on every trade. And I'm gonna try. Trades. Well, any worthwhile trade? Yeah, any worthwhile trade. I'm at work tomorrow, so I'll, I'll appreciate. Any worthwhile trade, I'll shoot you a message. Yeah. But I'm good. All right, man. Well, thank All you for right. joining us. We're gonna end it here. I know it's a short episode, folks. You don't want to hear me talk anymore by myself. So so we'll end it here. Next week, we will try to do some footy. I will be off of reading week, so I will be preparing for Florida. Covering spring training from the 8th to the 14th. Minor league spring training. Don't at me. It's fine. With class. Also get to do some other fun stuff, which you will see all over my Twitter and Instagram. Both Nick. at Nick McVicker. Follow me. It'll be it'll be a fun week. Um, I also have I made the varsity team for soccer at my school, and we have our regionals on March the fifth. So I'll be preparing for those next week. So if I'm tired at next episode, I apologize. <laughs> it's not my fault. Well, you're busy. Um, but that'll do it for us here, episode twenty-four. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Garage Door Sport and on Instagram. Uh, we will try to keep you updated as much as possible with the trade deadline stuff. It's going to be fun for me while I'm trying to do assignments. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Is everything fine? Are you sure? Well, I got to I gotta figure out who I'm taking a picture of for an assignment. That'll be fun. I got to do an athlete portrait. Of yourself? No. 
Well, I want to do it of myself, but it's hard to take a picture of myself. Uh, I have to be actually taking the picture. Uh, it's a struggle, fine. dude. I can't because I have to use my actual camera. Anyways, we're we're way off topic here. Let's get back to the end of this show. Um, We'll keep you updated on the trade deadline tomorrow, and we will try to keep you updated on everything throughout the week before we get to our episode next week. Also, look out for some articles coming out on our website. We will have the first ones coming out soon. Soon as in the next probably 24 to 48 hours from the release of this episode. Keep an eye out. And uh, from everyone here at Garage Door Sports, we will see you next time. Cheers.